Hey, Minus 3 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, which are about to begin, Major League Baseball in full swing, and so much more. Great new and existing promos for the users. It's America's number one sportsbook, don't you know? For a multitude of reasons, including easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings now in as quick as two hours, and of course, the same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day right when you log in. A lot of good options for you with those aforementioned NBA playoffs going. And if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started ASAMP. Just make sure you sign up with the promo code minus three, the word minus the number three, so they know we sent you. And speaking of minus three, Eddie Spaghetti, let's start the show. Cowboys come with four. Car with time. Complete down to the five. Diving for the end zone. Touchdown, Billy Miller. Are you kidding me? A lot of people will critique David Carr. When they get to his arm, there's no doubt. He has a gun. Third down and ten. Carr under pressure. Now he throws, and it's caught by Renfro for a first down. He's still going to the end zone. Touchdown! Minus three with Dave Damashek. Yep, David and Derek Carr, both throwers of touchdown passes in pro football games, the elder of whom, David Carr, the first overall pick in 2002, about to join us to talk all things quarterbacks in the NFL, maybe a little USFL as well. We're looking forward to catching up with him. He is a multiple Shecky Award winner, Eddie Spaghetti. Really, we... uh, we f- enjoy kibitzing with few more than with David Carr. Looking forward to that. And we'll do some best bets on the other side of catching up with David Carr. That sound good to you? It works for me. I'm very excited to hear David again. Obviously, a lot going on with him. And uh, one quick betting thing before we get into listening to, to David. Uh, if you are scrolling, fanduelcom slash minus three and just looking for odds bets, you know, we're going to talk heavily Raiders on this pod, I'm assuming. It's just insane to look at the conference uh, slash the winners, uh, winners list because you have like teams like the Lions plus 1,200. You have my Giants plus 650, Falcons plus 1,900, Seahawks plus 1,100. All these teams who are fourth in their division in terms of odds. And then you go and look at the Raiders plus 700, crazy odds for a team that if you put them in arguably any other division, they could be the division winner. Uh, they just happen to be in this tough AFC West. So again, like, I know we're going to get into bets later. We're going to hear Dave talk about the Raiders, but that to me, man, that, that's, a, that's a home run pick for a very solid team that really on paper has uh, a, a really as good as you can get at every position. Oh, I want to hear what he thinks of my hot take that the Chiefs are going to finish in fourth place in the AFC West. Yeah, we'll give you some best bets on the other side. Eddie Spaghetti has every reason to be feeling real good about his New York Rangers right now. I really am getting close, Eddie Spaghetti. I'm not going to do it quite yet, but I'm getting fairly close to making them my Stanley Cup final pick. It's them or Florida Panthers for me. I'm kind of rooting for the Leafs. Well, not the Penguins. But anyway, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Right now, let's get to David Carr, shall we? Let me work in a little baseball. Go yard all summer long with $5 Dinger Tuesdays on FanDuel Sportsbook. This season, all customers will get $5 for every home run hit by both teams when you place a $25 to hit a home run wager on Tuesday MLB games. And the best part about Dinger Tuesdays is even if you 
your bet loses, FanDuel is going to pay you $5 for every home run. This is uh, this is where it's time for Eddie Spaghetti, watching his Yanks there. Some people very upset about uh, the lineup, the way things are going there in New York. I don't know if he's going to go Yanks, but it's your time to shine now, Eddie Spaghetti. Take it away. I, Who's your pick of the day? I'm not going to go Yanks. Um, if you're a fan of uh, oh. NL baseball, great pitching matchup tonight. You have Walker Buell and the Dodgers um, are at home in Dodger Stadium versus Max Fried and the Braves. And obviously, if you saw the, the highlights, it was uh, – uh, Freddie Freeman's first game versus the Braves. His former team hit a home run, so they're already off to an exciting start here. Dodgers, obviously, a very, very good team, and they're they're bats, man. Like they have hit home runs across the lineup versus Max Fried, uh, Austin Barnes, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, Trey Turner, um, and Justin Turner. So I think you can go pretty much any of those guys, and you're gonna be fine. But the one I'm gonna hone in on, uh, the guy that ha- is batting 500 off of him in 10 at bats. Justin Turner right now on fandom.com slash minus three. His odds are plus 560 to hit a home run tonight. So it's great odds Hmm. for one of the best power hitters uh, in the game, uh, especially on the Dodgers lineup. So like I said, you want to go any of the other guys, I'm not going to get mad at you for that. But this guy's had a number of bats versus Max Freed. He has the power to go yard. Uh, So I'm riding with uh, Justin Turner and uh, his plus 560 odds to go yard off of Max Free tonight. Sounds good to me. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sports book. Like Eddie Spaghetti said there, head over to FanDuel or get an account if you don't have one yet, and make sure you use the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three to pick Justin Turner or whoever else is your home run hitter of the day. Minus three is how you do it, and we'll see you in the winner circle. Or maybe we won't. Got to interrupt here and squeeze in a quick break. I mean, he doesn't need much of an introduction to any longtime listener of my podcasting, but I will introduce him just the same. You know him from Appreciate NFL that. Media. You know him from the Harvester podcast, making uh, making real strides in the media world there. Big, big gets. Ryan Khalil on that show announcing Derek Carr's big new contract. And, of course, the man I'm talking about, the 2002 first overall pick in the NFL draft. And a Lifetime Achievement Award winner at the Shecky Awards only four months ago. We're talking, of course, about David Carr. What's the poop, fella? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the lifetime achievement thing. I mean, it's like, is that it now? What do I do? do I, I mean, that's all. Uh, make make no like, mistake. You, it, that's it. You just kind of you just kind of hang it up. You know, my motivation is completely zapped. I'm just going to hang out in this game room my son built. No, well, that's it's it. it's 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 one of those honors that allows you for the rest of your days. Like I imagine, all velvet rope. Oh, that's a are good point. Moved wherever you go, you could just basically ask wherever you are. Feed me grapes. Do you know who yeah. I am? Kind of kind of thing. So I like that a lot, um, actually. Well, muzzle tub to Mama Car and the entire Car family on the big news right in front of Easter time. Did Derek? The hundred million dollar man provide a bountiful Easter feast for the car. Of course, of course, yeah, 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 of course, and he always does. It would have been that way regardless. But yeah, you know, um, Mama Car had a. She was. She wanted that thing done. She didn't want to. She does. She sends me all of the the negative stuff and this article and explain this to me. I'm like, mom. Just stop. Why would you only read what Dave Damashek puts out or what I say on the NFL Network? Mm-hmm. Other than that, why would why wouldn't you just ask Derek? Why wouldn't you just ask him? She'll send me all like these backs. Oh, what do you think this means? Well, what's his contract? I'm like, who cares? 
Just ask your son. Call him. Just call him up. He'll tell you. So I don't know. It got done. Maybe and he's. A, I don't know. So he's not a prima donna. Maybe he doesn't take your mom's calls anymore. Talk to he, my people. He definitely, book some time. That's the problem. Like he definitely does. So I don't understand why she's hitting me up. And she, but she got to enjoy her Easter. So I'll, that's that's the uh, the gist of that is she got to sit down and enjoy her roast beast and and all the fixings and we had a great we had a great time it was it was a long time i'm happy they did it because you know you know these things like kyler murray right now he's his thing like when is that going to be over who knows you know he's looking for a you know x amount of dollars the team's like well he hasn't really done anything yet i mean he showed flashes but like we're just gonna give him top quarterback money like that's that's gonna go into august dude like that's gonna be Oh, I agree. And I want to listen. I want to talk about all these big name QB issues and and they are plentiful. And I want to talk about the uh, the 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 student athletes that are about to become professional quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. We'll get to those. But I'm fascinated by this whole thing. So does Mama Carr ever blow in a call to Mark Davis and say, what gives? She wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past her. I'm not, no, not at all. She'd write a letter. You know how they do. They write the letters and they send them and they think that like <laughs> it's going to get to somehow get to Mark Davis. So no, I'm happy that it didn't come to that. And <laughs> a strongly worded letter. To the <laughs> you know how that works. And and then she just like, she'll, you know, she would have just festered on it all summer. Like it, it, it would have been one of those things. You can't control it. Like they're going to get it done. It's going to get, eventually it's going to work itself out. There's a middle ground somewhere where the agent thinks he deserves something, the team wants to pay him a certain thing, and then it, get, it gets worked out, for, I mean, for the most part in, in a lot of these situations, so especially theirs. Like, it was pretty clear what Derek was worth and what he had, had done. Um, and then Josh and him had hit it off so far. Excellent. I mean, it's just been an excellent relationship. So that was just kind of like a minor thing that they just had to kind of fix. But he wanted to get it done before they started OTAs. Like, that's the thing that Derek really wanted. And he did this a couple of years ago. When he did his contract, he wanted to get it done before he went into training camp. This was the same thing. He just wants to be able to go to work. Because if you know Derek, like when you they showed Raiders Twitter, all the guys showing up for OTAs, his was the only one. The picture was in the dark. Like it was 4.30 in the morning in April. It's like this is what he does. He just wants to go play football and try and win. So I'm glad they got it done. I, well, I'm glad, too, because, first of all, he deserves it after the Raiders put him through that that nonsense uh, two, three years ago with Antonio Brown and pretending like they were fast friends at his front door. Like, hey, you ready yeah. for this? Yeah, I'm ready for this. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready for this. And that went on for like three minutes very awkwardly. I felt bad for Derek. It was, it was awkward. It was awkward for everybody involved. The old thing that was didn't, By the way, spoiler alert, that didn't work out for Antonio no, Brown. You could probably Google or for that. the Raiders. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I know we can gloss past it. And I did, uh, you know, humble brag, I did uh, slide into your DMs more than once just to gauge where you thought this thing was with, with Derek and where if he was going to sign with the Raiders. I don't feel like it was a foregone conclusion. He is, for real, a fascinating figure in that. And a lot of people have pointed it out over the last handful of weeks and really over the course of the season this most recent season, he went from, and if he ever does get too big for his britches, by the way, you know, yes. you just remind him, I, I'm sure he knows you were first overall, That's but right. he's a dirty second rounder. And he went behind Johnny football and Blake Bortles. I mean, just remind I mean, him of that imagine? if he ever. Can you just imagine? No, it'd be embarrassing. <laughs> Did I ever, I, I think I'm, I told you. I'm glad I, I never I, even got yeah. drafted if that were the other option. Right, right. yeah. No, I, I told you that uh, Mama Carr has, she's shown her allegiance when she sent the number one, 
son card. Yeah. So we've talked about that. So everyone is, it's very clear. Like it's not, it's not even a debate. And so no one gets upset about it. And Derek accepts his role in the family. And so we just move I on. Don't know. You, you get a, you, you get a uh, quality win in college football that usually will bump you up in the rankings. No chance Derek has vaulted past David. I don't, I really don't think so. I mean, okay. uh, he had probably had a shot against USC in the Las Vegas bowl. And then they didn't, they didn't really, you know what I'm saying? So we, uh, not that I was rooting against him in that game. I was there, you know, mm. and uh, I was pulling for him. But when it didn't happen, I was like, well, I guess that that's it. You know, no matter what you do after this. Uh, even though I won a Super Bowl ring literally standing there watching Eli Manning, I still I still have one. So it's like, what are you going to what are you going to hold over me? Like, I don't I mean, it's almost really an unwinnable race, right? It's, it's really, it's yeah, really I, I feel bad for Derek toiling. The only, it's, well, it's the only chance he has. Point. Yeah, the only chance he has is somehow just turning this team now that he, finally he gets his buddy Devontae Adams. So I guess that's what it takes. You have to you have to rehash this old relationship and bring him back to your team. And now maybe you can achieve this upper echelon of quarterback play that I can I can't touch. We'll see what happens. He's got Well, I mean, it is legitimately very strange, the arc of his career. And it, it, it one of the things that is fascinating to me, kind of like Matthew Stafford a little bit, in that, like, all through last year, it's like, Matthew Stafford's only 33? Seems like he's been around a lot longer. Same <laughs> yeah. thing with Derek. Yep. He's 31 years of age. Like, he's going in, and, and he's already had his birthday this year. I actually looked that up. He's, he's nice. going to be in his 31 year. I mean, he's got Very a long young. way to go yet. It doesn't, it, it, it is weird. They're the old guard guys. And then there are all these, you know, 25 and under QBs that are lighting the league up. And there sits Derek kind of all by himself. And the arc of his career has been, oh, he's going to win the MVP. Oh, he broke his leg. Now he's a bum. Now they got to move or move on from him. He's afraid of the pass rush. He doesn't hold on to the ball long enough because he doesn't want to take hits and all that. And that they got to figure out a different way with him. Yeah. And like we've talked about before, I, I, I know this is silly, but my legit hypothesis is things kind of swung in terms of public opinion when he was mic'd up two years ago. And people were like, Oh, that's that's a type A guy. I mean, they're listening to him in that huddle. He is in full command. He's calling the shots. And I think legitimately, maybe not a GM out there or head coaches, but I think a lot of people are kind of like, oh, I, I was wrong about that guy. He does know what he's yeah. doing. I think that's what's been so difficult about um, me trying to balance what I I do in, in this realm and then on, on TV sometimes when we talk about the Raiders is I, I have seen that side of Derek, the mic'd up side of Derek my whole life. So there was never any question for me, the value that he brought to the team. You know, I just think about the team that he's been in the franchise, right? And you just look over the last two decades or three decades at, at what they've been able to accomplish. Not much, right? And they've had some pretty good quarterbacks roll through there. Carson Palmer came through, had some success. Like they've had guys go through there that, that should have been able to succeed, that were all pros at one time, were really good quarterbacks. And even on the, the down years when they were struggling and and Derek was just out there surviving. Like I always saw that mic'd up version. I always saw a guy that was in complete command of whatever the coaching staff, what is he on now? His sixth or seventh different staff. I don't even know at this point what, mm. what number of offense that he's been asked to run. And he's run it exactly how they want it. And he's run it up until the point where the talent is just not enough to get over the hump. So I think that 
that's always been the hard part for me is watching him kind of go through, Oh, he needs to be out of here. He needs to fine, ship him out. Like good luck, put someone else in that team and watch what your record is. And maybe because they haven't achieved this great success, maybe it wouldn't be that much of a difference. Maybe it's only two or three wins a year. Maybe, I don't know, but I, I know that he's extremely valuable. And all you have to do is look at the different coaches that come in, John Gruden, Josh McDaniels. They're like, no, no, he's the guy. Are you kidding me? Like I watch the tape. I watch what he does in practice. I watch how he, Josh was around him for a week and a half, maybe before he was like, give him $120 million hmm. because they, they understand that he's that player that we all got to see. Well, that the world, I guess, got to see in that, in that mic'd up kind of up close and personal in charge of literally everything. He's as good as anyone I've ever been around. I say this all the time. I played against Peyton for five years when I was in the AFC South. I was with Eli. Those guys are as good as anybody understanding what the defense is doing and knowing where to go with the football. Derek is right there with those guys as far as understanding what he's seeing. He, he knows what coverage you're in. He knows where he has to go with the ball. The ball's out instantly. You just got to go back and look at it. It's been Tom Brady and Derek and then maybe Aaron as far as when the ball is coming out of their hand. And some people can say, oh, that's he's just he's scared of the rush. Like maybe he's nervous because he got hurt. No, he just knows where he has to go and he gets it to the guys. Like that, that's the type of player he is. So the cool part is when you look at this team coming up that, they're, that they've now fielded, you have a Josh McDaniels who's, by all accounts, excelled in the offensive play calling standpoint. Their red zone offense for me, that was the big thing. He's been great in the red zone forever. He's always been in the top 10. They struggled big time with the Raiders last year doing that. So that's going to be better. Now you just look at the personnel across the board, right? You can you can just name Darren Waller. Devontae I mean, Adams, it's cra- it Rose. really is. If you silo them, and th- this is the time of year, especially after the draft happens, I can talk myself into pretty much any team being a playoff team. If you look at the yeah. like, whoa, look at that, what they got. But the Raiders are legit as, you, as you're launching into here, and I interrupted you. No, They're loaded up. I mean, the, the issue, it seems to me, is offense. I mean, I, I don't know. If the offensive line is, there's nothing wrong with the skill positions anywhere yeah. on that Raiders offense. And you got Josh McDaniels, who maybe learned from his first go-round in the AFC West, like, don't try and fix everything with Tim Tebow. Instead, stay with the guy who's been around for a while. That's that's a smart move right yeah. out of the gate by the guy, and it shows progress in in what he's looking to build there. It, yeah, and, and now, still, it seemed like he was going to be a head coach for years, and finally he jumped on this one. I think that's flattering to Derek, I assume, yeah. since he signed him up pretty quickly after taking the head coaching gig. Well, I think everybody knows at this point the the Patriots tried to trade for Derek at least three times. Like that, they just they just tried to get him there because before they had Mac Jones, they were still trying to figure out, okay, Brady left. What do we do? You know, they they tried to acquire Derek. They're going through the Cam Newton thing, and Gruden wouldn't let him go. He was no, he's not, he's not, we're not trading him, right? So Josh said, Oh, well, he's available. The spot is available. Let's go saddle up because I think Josh has been kind of waiting for his his shot too. He wanted to pick because he was basically the guy in waiting in New England. As soon as Belichick retired, it was going to be right. Josh's team. You know, so why leave that scenario unless you have a pretty good one and a pretty good quarterback waiting for you? So it's smart by Josh. But I think back to the kind of the point that you were making and I, I was touching on is like with that personnel. You know, it would be one thing if uh, Derek played with kind of a reckless style or maybe he was just kind of like, oh, this guy's open. I'll hit him, take a big shot. But he, the type of player that he is, is he sees where your matchup is. He sees where you're weak and he instantly takes advantage of it. And so now you think about their lineup and the, the matchups across the board. He knows who the third cornerback is, where he went to school, his 40 time. He knows everything about that guy. And he knows he doesn't match up with Hunter or he knows he doesn't match up with insert, you know, all pro player. 
And that's the that's Aaron the Waller. For, let's insert him. Yeah. People have forgotten that that Raiders team made right. that push largely in the second half of the season without Darren Waller, who was the all world pass catching tight end. Right. Yeah, it was just Hunter, you know, and they were just making it work. So, yeah, you insert Darren Waller now. I mean, just just put Devontae Adams on the field in Cincinnati. And this, what happens? Just add him to the team with the Raiders and see what happens. But to your point, like the offensive line, that's still a question. You know, for me, like the right side of the offensive line, they drafted Leatherwood to be the right tackle. He's not right now. He moved to guard. Right. So Brandon Parker has played right tackle and it's been up and down. You know, Brandon's a good player, but he'll have his moments in that division. That's that's scary because now you have Khalil Mack and Bosa. You know, you got a, you got a couple guys now where you can't just say, OK, Colton will handle the guy. We'll chip the other guy. You know, you lose a little bit. So that's that's still a question mark. And Josh, Josh appears to think that they're close to being okay. Like he thinks that those guys are actually in his scheme that he can make this thing work. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that's, that's a decision that Josh has to make. It's his team now. So if they can go out and find a guy in the draft, great. If they want to add someone still later in free agency, great. But I think that they feel like they can go out and, and win with what they have. and They'll be okay. Is that, so that's the big question you would imagine that Josh has about what needs fixing still is. I think I offensively. Mean, yeah. For sure, that's, that's, that's kind of well. It, even you know, defensively, because, they feel loaded up now to just heat the cube yeah. up, which is everything. Well, at this point, like you think about um, the division and who you have to stop in this division. You got Russ and Justin and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, these guys are just out of control, right? And Justin made some of the craziest plays I've ever seen in a football game up in Vegas um, when they played in that last regular season. You know, that was crazy. Oh, that was so the best. that was the best. It, it was just it was just wild. It was just wild. So you get you got that guy now. So what do you do? You go get Chandler Jones to pairing with Max Crosby. And now you're like, okay, because Max in that in that fourth quarter, um, he got to the quarterback every time. He was in there every play. He had a pressure. He had 15 pressures in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's not even real. That's not even real stat. It is a real stat, but mm-hmm. it's not even like – so if you had Chandler Jones to the other side and you get him there a couple times, now, now you like your chances of at least stopping him on one of those fourth downs. I mean, are you kidding me? That was crazy. So it'll be fun, man. Sheesh, it's crazy. You're right, it's crazy. And I'm happy in terms, you know, people sometimes get a little loose. The diehard fans um, forget that, you know, it's human beings playing the game. And so it's nice that Devontae Adams made a promise to Derek or or vice versa. Like, let's play together in the NFL someday. And it's finally coming. They tried to make it happen two, four years ago, whenever that was, it felt like it kind of almost happened there, but was it, did it have anything to do to settle the hash now? To me, it seems like from the outside looking in, it was almost entirely about that. And Devontae Adams wanted a lot of loot that the Packers couldn't really pay given what they're paying Aaron Ryder. But was it any, has Devontae told you anything? Or has he told Derek and Derek whispered it to you at Easter and said like, yeah, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers just got a little bit too weird for me. Well, I, I mean, I think if you just look at um, – obviously, I know things that probably should never be said. But I, I will say Ooh. this. I will, I will say this. Um, Aaron, Aaron didn't necessarily look out for everybody before he looked out for himself. And if you just look at the timing of how the contract happened, he, his $50 million a year came pretty quick. And Devontae was kind of – he came back and played on that, that one-year – basically a one-year deal, you know, in good faith, you know. And, and then when Aaron signed right after the season, it was like, well, what about me, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, having not talked to Devontae personally, 
just knowing what I know from Derek and from the people that were surrounded in, in the trade and how it all went down, Devonte wanted to play with Derek and Derek wanted to play with Devonte. And that was, that was, that's been true since they left Fresno. You know, it was true three or four years ago when Devonte um, signed back with green Bay who green Bay in that situation, they, they came back with another offer after Devonte said, no, I'm leaving. I'm going to go play with Derek. Like he literally was going to leave and they came back and offered him something he just couldn't say no to. And this time they couldn't do that. This time they weren't in the position, like you said, to be able to do that. So it, it kind of had to happen. Boy, that's interesting. And I and I hear you. It had a little bit of same thing with Nathaniel Hackett landing in Denver. It was kind of like, well, with me here, I think you know how this is going to turn out. I think my buddy Aaron's going to follow me here. I had that's the that's the yeah. sense I got. Like Aaron Rodgers, kind of like, well, I'm back. I mean, where do you think Devontae's going to go? And the Packers, like, yeah. oh, he'll play yeah. on the tag. And then Adams, like, I'm not playing on the tag. And I, I, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong. I felt like the Raiders had to overpay a scooch for Devontae yeah. Adams for it to make sense. And it's kind. I don't know if it, if that contract specifically is responsible for the can of worms that's now been opened in the last week or so with all the other high-end wide receivers. Is that true? Am I connecting dots unnecessarily there? No, that's right. Because I think, I think for anyone to get Devante, it was going to cost more than what the Packers were going to pay. You know, I think that's just the scenario. And then, and then I think that it was also widely known that they wanted to play together. So it was like, well, if you want to play together, it's going to cost you, you know, so, and then honestly, Christian Kirk hasn't helped the situation either because that guy went out. I mean, are you kidding me? So now you got guys like Jarvis Landry who should probably sign with green Bay. I think I was talking to James Jones about this. He'd be perfect to kind of go in there and be a veteran guy that Aaron would trust instantly but he's probably asking for 18 or 20 million dollars a year and they're not going to I mean who's going to pay him that? I mean is Jarvis he really is really still asking for that kind of bank? Well, he's still out there. He's still out I there. Guess. Like what, you know? So we'll see what he signs for, but I'm I guarantee like the Christian Kirk thing and then what Devontae has signed for, the wide receiver market is kind of being it's been readjusted and it, <laughs> there's also a lot of good receivers in the draft too, so I don't know how how great this is for some of these veteran guys kind of still hanging on, you know. So Oh, it seems to, it to, seems plum loco. Yeah. It's 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 one of my favorite <laughs> things in movie in movie history to apply to football or sports is um and I, and yet I can never think of the the kid's name syndrome or whatever his name is in the Incredibles when everyone's super no one is it's like everybody yeah. can't make twenty five million dollars as, as a <laughs> right. wide receiver like what yeah, if you guys like, all are gonna hold out like yeah. oh, you're just gonna end up on each other, different teams then it's like that's that's teams. what it leads yeah. to. Right? AJ Brown now scrubs his Twitter and it's like, what is happening? Like everybody wants to make 25. I mean, that you guys live in a fantasy world, man. There's 30 good receivers. Look, like I love, I love Devontae. There's, there's a handful of guys that, that you can argue that are worth that, that money. And the situation with Devontae is unique. I mean, they, they were going to play together. Like I said, regardless, you know, whether it was in Las Vegas or somewhere else, they were going to play together. That was like, that's what they had in their mind. But Man, there are so many good receivers that come out of college. And my viewpoint has always been, honestly, I can, if you give me enough time and the right scheme, anybody can get open. There's so many oh, guys walking around the street. you and I, that's so right. So I, I'm sorry to cut you street. off, but we park our cars in the same garage on this. It is my recurring point you. in the 21st century. Quarterback, obviously, number one. Strong tackle, better yet, two strong tackles to protect yeah. you. Um, a shutdown corner an edge rusher. These things yep. are all more important. These are things that the teams that win Super Bowls have. 
You don't have to have. I know 100%. I knew Cooper Cup and I know Tyreek Hill have kind of blown that up a little bit. But over the course of an of this millennium, not a ton of evidence. Randy Moss, T.O., Antonio Brown got one as a spare part with Tampa. Like the best Calvin Johnson. These guys don't win Super Bowls. There's no Ma- Julio Jones. It's weird. Yep. Everybody's so desperate to get. It's fun to watch week in and week out, but it's not a must have come January. So it sounds I couldn't like you're agree more, my man. song. Like, yeah, I couldn't agree. I mean, because. Yeah, there are those guys like Cooper Cup and all you know that are Devonte and some guys that are yeah they're they're great to have and they can transcend your team. But but for the most part, I can grab a guy. I can grab five guys that don't have jobs right now in the NFL. And if you give me a good offensive line and you give me a great play caller, we'll be in the playoffs. And you've never even heard of these guys, you know. So that's just kind of my. Well, I've they're all out way. on the street. I it might be too soon. A lot of teams have kind of decided where they're going in the NFL. What about the USFL? Couldn't you go there, David Carr? What would you do? I, I, you know I what? don't know if something funny's on your TV there. I'm talking to you as a man and as a professional right now. Okay. What happens if you go out right now for the USFL? Could you, are you uh, better? Do you think you're better than any quarterback in the USFL right now? Jordan Ta'amu? Uh, I would be the MVP of the USFL. Are you, but don't don't play games. Could would, would, I'm you not think you would be good? Right now, yeah, I do. Here's here's my problem with USFL. I I so the first game kicks off the other day, and I'm about to turn it on. I'm like, I'm going to watch this because there's nothing else on TV. I'm going to watch the USFL, and I just decided that I was going to tweet, "Hey, USFL, here's what you need to do. You need to start paying the quarterbacks mm-hmm. at least comparable to a back good backup quarterback money in the NFL, so you can attract those guys to complain your league, so your league doesn't suck." Because if you don't have good quarterback play, your league's going to be terrible and no one's going to care. And what did we watch? Like, I couldn't even watch it. It was some of the worst professional quarterback play that I've seen. And it's not like it's incredibly difficult competition. I mean, these guys are all up and coming guys. They're all hungry. But it's not like you're playing against all pros out there. You know, so you got to get some. uh, I think you just got to, man, you got to pay them. You got to pay of some course. guys to come play. Why? It, it's, it's so obvious. I, I said yes. it a million times. I'll say it for the million and first. The USFL OG is only comparable to the AFL and all the other alt leagues are junk because of exactly what you're saying. It, pay T.O. That T.O. You got to be in our league. Like you need. Yeah. Call, you maybe it's it. a gimmick. David Carr. What, what are you? 47? So, uh, 40, 42. But it's close. I oh, feel you're really in your 40s? Oh, I'm not, well, now I feel a little bad. I thought you were actually in your 30s. But okay. Well, it's oh, my goodness. 40s. I mean, I, you look young. That's good. That's why I'm wearing the hat. <laughs> but I play. Uh, look at this. Look, what, look what's going on here. This is your future, car. You have a nice mane of hair <laughs> now. But not going to be long before you're like your old pal. Uh, I'll show you, I show, I show you my, my dad. is not. He's not rocking a full boat up there. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a matter of time. Yeah. You know what, though? Father I mean, time's undefeated. That's what they say. Could yeah. I, if they said, I'll pay you X amount of dollars, I don't know. I, I'd have to really think about it. But you know what? I bet there are guys that are five or six years younger than me that still feel like they can really do this, that would love an opportunity that is like, uh, I'm not going to go play for that because that's your not old pal. Your old pal, uh, Kurt Warner. You guys both played pro football quarterback, but you have very different opinions on the position and who's good and who's best and what you want in it and everything else. We do. Yeah. We've, we've, we've butted heads on a lot of things before. I know. I, and I can't help but feel partially responsible for some of those <laughs> conflicts. over the year. But, they, <laughs> but I did once ask Kurt, 
six years ago now. I said, if you went back to the NFL, how many quarterbacks in the league are better than you if you decide to go back in, like cold off the street? He said half, and he meant it. He meant it. Dead there serious? are guys who are like that out there. I mean, I don't know half if he's right. But that's what he thought. He's better he than half the league right now? No, six not now. Ago. I said six years six ago. Six years that's ago. That. But whether it's with, true or not. I played catch with Kurt six years ago, yeah. Dave. And let me tell you, unless, unless it has drastically fallen off since I played in the NFL, I'm not going to give him half and just like let him say these egregious things. Oh, no? no, Kurt. I mean, Kurt's a Hall of Fame player. I get it. Yeah. Okay. But my goodness, come on. I can't. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to get in trouble. I love you, Kurt. <laughs> Half. Come on. He's not bro. shy. He's not shy about coming back. That you know, he'll he'll come back at you if you, oh, if you throw you something out him. into the ether. He he'll, he'll definitely that's respond. Why, to you. That's why I love Kurt. I love Kurt. Um. All right. Let's get back to the Raiders 2022 quickly here. Yeah. You mentioned the other quarterbacks that are in the division now, and it is loaded up. And I guess not surprisingly, based on the reasons, I'm not going to say disrespect. Too many people feel disrespected. Uh, 21st, disrespected. You know, everybody's but okay. You can't be disrespected if you're making $30 million a year to play quarterback. That's not disrespected. Touche. All right. Nevertheless, one way or the other, yes. the Raiders are, it seems like, a pretty distant fourth in terms of what prognosticators think in terms of what the season's going to go like. Sure. I kind of disagree with that. And is this a crazy hot take? And feel free to tell me if it is. Mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs right now have the worst roster of the four teams. How say you? I don't think that's a, a stretch at all. I think that when you hear them, when you hear the Chiefs talk about their team, they're talking about it in kind of a okay, we might not be the team that we were before. We're going to look a little bit different. Anytime you start saying that stuff, you got a lot of work to do. Like I know that Andy Reid is brilliant, Pat Mahomes. I love watching Pat Mahomes. I get a lot of heat from my family because I like watching Pat Mahomes play quarterback. I enjoy it. My dad can't stand it. Why? Because he they win all the time. They beat the Raiders. So it's frustrating for them to watch, but they got a lot of work to do, man. Tyreek Hill changes the game. Like, I know they're going to say, oh, we can find other fast guys. We have Miko Hardman. He's not Tyreek Hill. I don't care mm-hmm. what you say. There's no player on this planet that that puts that much fear on, into a defense where I see guys line up 10, 12 yards off on third and four, willingly giving him a first down. Please don't run by us. That, that guy doesn't exist anywhere else on this planet. So – to think that you're just going to, you know, roll a couple of new guys in there that run 4-3, it's not Tyreek. Tyreek is a completely different animal. So, for me, I mean, zero to it's 60. It's the 0-60 to 60 part of, of what Tyreek – like, those yeah. swing passes replace the need to run the ball. Just oh, – they, they, they flip him the little ball in the reverse. Flip him the ball. Hand it to him out of the back – yeah, he, he makes exactly. a makes a couple makes a couple moves like that, and then Defenders he's like, are and, terrified, like they're just terrified to tackle the guy. Like, please go to bounds, please. Like, I yeah. know I've talked to these defenders. I know that's what and they think they're defensive. So is Patrick Mahomes so much better than? And I, I I can have the argument that like Patrick Mahomes is good, but he's a victim of his own success, and he's not leagues better than Justin Herbert or the other two QBs uh, in the division now. Yeah. And is he so good that he offsets the worst defense in in the division and the skill position guys not being 
as good as the other three teams have? I say no. I, I think they are no. tracking towards in a really rugged division. It's not really diminishing the Chiefs. It's just an all-time loaded uh, uh, four teams that I'm looking at here. It feels like to me. I, I feel I feel like that I could very easily see that scenario play out where, I mean, we're talking about you're losing uh, Tyron Matthew also. Right. That guy on the defensive side, he does so much. He's a wild card. To have him, he changes the game from the quarterback perspective because you got to know where he is at all times. He's a great player inside, outside, up over the top. He's not there. And then you get on Tyreek Hill. I mean, what are we talking about? I mean, we've, and they, that's not the only guys. They've lost three or four different starters that, I mean, you can't just roll in and replace those guys. So it's a tough division, man. I would not want to be going that way. You know, I, w- I would prefer to keep my guys. I'd prefer to keep Darren Waller and maybe add a Devontae Adams. I'd prefer to keep Tyreek Hill and maybe add on top of that. Because if you look at the, the trend of the division, everybody's everybody's adding. You know, we don't want to be right. taken well, away. Well, that's exactly so. right. I think I think I always think about like, don't get so caught up in looking at the rosters in February and don't do the same in April till the draft happens because it's kind of like looking at the barber and being like, this haircut sucks. It's like, well, I'm not done yet. I haven't done the I haven't done your right. bangs yet. Yeah. Um, but the Chiefs, they might add Jamison Williams or somebody like that. Uh, 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 who knows what they're going to. But the other teams are going to add too. Who, at least yeah, everybody adds, didn't yeah. have to give up the pick. So that's going to be yeah. an interesting one. Now it will let's be. talk. It will be. I mean, it's going to be, it's, it's going to come. I, mean, I just noticed Joey Harrington. It's good to see you, man. I haven't talked to you in a long time. Play, he's, oh. plays a wicked piano, by the way. Does he really? Wicked so he does, chops. I'm glad. So he does something well in this world. All right. There you go. That's what you're going to do. Is he your you friend? Know, I almost went to, I almost went to Oregon. I haven't talked to, uh, to Joey in a long time. No, okay. not since uh, like pre-draft thing. No, it's been a while. He's a 45-year-old man, and he's still running the streets named Joey. You know, that's a little <laughs> weird. Um, that's right. What about this? I, You know, I like to what-if stuff. So what if? Yes. What if the, the ought to first overall pick had been Joey Harrington the, to the Houston Texans, or for that oh, yeah. matter, Julius Peppers, one of the all-time greats yes. at his position. If David Carr goes second to the Carolina Panthers, who in 2003, in large part because of Julius Peppers' emergence as a dominant force, but still, a team that goes to the Super Bowl with Jake DeLome. Mm -hmm. Would your career have gone wildly differently? Or, for that matter, you could have gone to Detroit, and by 2003, your head coach would have been Steve Mariucci. How about that? Either of those sound like a more appealing... Oh, my gosh. Well, I would have loved to play it for Steve, first of all. I mean, let's just get that out. So I remember being at the Senior Bowl, and Mooch was standing on the sidelines, and we're throwing these speed outs. And I don't know how fast these guys are. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to throw every ball at Mooch. And I just threw every football at his head. And they were all perfect. They literally hit everybody. And so, And I went first. Like, I don't want to give Mooch all the credit for going first overall because of my Senior Bowl performance. But that was one of the main reasons. Now I've gotten to know him, and I would have loved to play for him. Um, I think the Panthers thing is interesting. I'm sitting uh, backstage and I can't remember if it's draft or if it's a combine first, when I first started working with the NFL network and Charlie casually is there. I mean, and Charlie haven't talked since I left Houston. That was a long time ago. And it was kind of awkward. We're sitting in the lounge chairs and you're trying to like, you know, what do I talk about? Well, there's a elephant in this room. I don't know if you know, but <laughs> so I just said, you know, Charlie, how's it going, man? And he's like, it's going good. I always meant to tell you this. If I didn't think that, and he just went right into it, if I didn't think that we could have protected you if Tony Baselli wasn't going to play and we couldn't have put an offensive line, Ryan Young was going to blow his knee out in training camp, we wouldn't have drafted you. We would have mm. let you go to Carolina. And I'm like, well, that's nice to hear. 
15 years later. I mean, it was like, <laughs> you could have called me up and told me that, but it was, it was a really, it was an interesting moment. And then, then we became actually a lot closer than we were when, even when I was playing How weird. Uh, working together with the network, it was so, it was so weird. And, and it was almost like he had the realization like, yeah, no, like, I mean, I remember when we were going through it, he was like, no, we're going to fix it. We'll get these guys in. We'll have these guys can work out. We'll try to piece it together. We never really did. And, and that was like the first time where he actually admitted, he's like, no, we should have just not picked you. That would have been the best move. And I'm like, thanks, man. That's amazing. So I don't know, man, who knows? But like you said, like, you know, you go to Carolina, they were good because Peppers and those, that front four, you know, they're really good. Well, so you, you, know, had, you never know. Well, you would have had Steve Smith and Masin Muhammad. That would have been well, nice. Steve I mean, Smith, you had Andre yeah. Johnson yeah, exactly. by all three. So. Yep. Yep. And they, were, they had a good offensive line. So they had, uh, they had some good players. So it would have been interesting. I mean, they, they were better than the Texans. I mean, let's be real. They were, they were a much better football team. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was on my own. It was on the DDFP. Days. It was on the DDFP <laughs> podcast that Reggie Bush once shared a story about oh a draft intrigue that he thought he knew he was going to the Houston Texans until he walked oh, by a I, TV on the yeah. eve of the draft and said, wait, they're signing Mario Williams. Nobody told me they told me they're taking me tomorrow. And he had so, no idea until he saw the <laughs> TV and then he had it out with Casserly. This is other beef I had with Charlie, but this, so Reggie is in for a, a, a meeting. He comes in to visit the team. So he's going through the locker room. I'm showing him around and we're in, we're in the actual locker room at the end. We're talking to the equipment guy. He's picking out pads. Like he's going through the whole process. And so we kind of like shake hands and hug. And he's like, all right, man, I'll see you tomorrow. This was the day before the draft. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll be back here. Like he was in Houston. He was ready. Um, and then and then, it, and then, so my kids have the Reggie Bush jerseys on USC. Like they're wow. at the, they're at the house with the, like I got the picture. I'll have mama car send it to you. Please and do. That's crazy. It was man. Yeah. They got the Reggie Bush jerseys on. We're taking him. Like he's going to change the game. We'll, we'll get him out. Scat back. It's going to be fun. And then Mario Williams. I'm like, man, really? And I don't want to hate on Mario. That's not his fault. But man, no. Reggie Bush. Well, there you could have had Julius Peppers, but okay, he wouldn't be there if you were there. But okay, you could have had Andre yeah. Johnson, Reggie Bush, and right. David Carr. Yikes! Good. Yeah, that would have been That's nice. Pretty good. Oh, and then we had, uh, you know, it was so we had Andre for a little while, and then Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne, I still get mad at Reggie because Reggie came on a visit too. So did Orlando Pace. We had a lot of guys come through Houston that were using us as leverage. It was really mm. disappointing. I wanted to stop going to dinner with these guys, but Reggie Wayne, same thing. He actually mentioned the same thing. He's like, you know what? If we had, if you guys had Reggie and Andre, and then I would come. But since you guys didn't take <laughs> Reggie, I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm like, can't win here, man. I got to get out of here. So oh that's man, that's that is fun. Yeah. To, well, not I don't know if it's fun for you to have an no, alternate it's, universe it's, like it's, that. It's, but. As long as you get some joy out of it. All right, I I'm mentioned Kurt it. Warner, and like I say, you guys have very different stand. And Reggie, Reggie Wayne. And it's really fun to talk to guys uh, about what they like in in players that are about to get drafted and what they look at and who they think is going to succeed and is it. And so much of it, it, it says something about human nature that guys tend to vibe towards what they are themselves. With uh-huh. that in mind, I want to play a little newlywed uh, type game with you. Here. Okay. Got You're it. among the guys that are going to get drafted in the first couple of rounds here. Let me take a guess. The guys you like best are Malik Willis, Sam Howell, and Carson Strong. <laughs> True or false? 
I know you're not like Malik Willis running the ball, but I'm talking about just you like a guy with a cannon. I love Malik Willis. He's my favorite. It's not even close. I knew. Not even close. I I like Sam Howell too. Sam Howell, he throws the deep ball beautifully. Right. And he's got a he's got some physical ability. Um, but man, I like Malik. I really do. He's got to get in the right system, though, man. That's what I get worried about. I just get nervous for these guys when the draft comes every year because it has to be a perfect storm like we've talked about so many times. That The offensive line has to be there, but more importantly, the structure, the head coach, whoever it is, play caller, that has to be great. It has to be just nails because if it's not, you're just looking you're, – you're going to be looking for another quarterback in two years, and it's not his fault. It's just not his fault. It's a you fascinating know? point you make because – I, I I like go back and forth on that when um, when some when, when some coordinators w- when teams draft to please the coordinator that's that like that's yeah. too much for me it's like you better have an no, overall like philosophy like oh, Josh McDaniels will have an overarching philosophy I assume that he applies offensively so an OC nominally can but he come can and coach go. anybody yeah he could coach but Josh could coach anyone Josh could coach. If if Marcus would have stayed, he can he can coach Marcus. Yeah, like I that agree type with that. Well, I'm concerned you know, so. about well specifically my team. There's a lot of talk about like what Matt Canada wants for his for his offense. Like we're drafting guys based on what Matt Canada wants. <laughs> if he succeeds, he's going to leave. I, well, I mean, like he'll go somewhere else. No, I agree. Yeah, and if he fails, they're going to fire that. him, and then what? Well, I think the only thing that that I would say to a situation like what Matt Canada is in is like with with Ben he was limited a little bit. Would you agree? Like physically? I don't know what you're talking about. We went to the playoffs. <laughs> it went great. All right, fine. So he Did couldn't move. Mean, he couldn't move any. Yeah, we went right. to the playoffs. So like, I, I'm not saying that Ben was playing bad. It was just like, that wasn't the Ben that I, that I saw in Heinz field as a rookie step out against the Houston Texans and absolutely embarrass us and make us look like middle school children. Like, yeah, that wasn't the same Ben. No. You know, so no, indeed. Matt Can- so Matt Canada was brought in. Why Tomlin brought him in because he liked his 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 forward thinking approach to offensive play calling, right? So like he didn't really necessarily get to do that. Now, if you had a Malik Willis, you know, or you know what, you know, another guy that I actually like, Matt Corral. I like Matt Corral. Oh, you do like Matt? And See, I, think, I would think I, he doesn't have the arm for for David. Cohen. But he, but he actually, he actually does. He's sneakily. He has a sneaky good arm, and that's mm. uh, he's he's a tough sucker too. Like I like that. I know a lot of guys in Pittsburgh like him too. I happen to oh. I happen to know some guys in Pittsburgh that. What does that mean, guys? When players, or you mean personnel guys? Well, do you want me to give you? I mean, give you all my secrets? Or do you no, I don't want. No, I don't it? want you to, to say any secrets. So <laughs> heaven forbid you would share something that would make news. So the quarterback, the quarterback coach there. Mike Sullivan was my quarterback coach in the, with the Giants. And I just randomly threw it out there because, you know, I like Malik Willis. I'm like, are you guys going to take Malik Willis if he's there? Of course, he's not going to tell me. Right? He's not going to tell me. Okay. He's like, you know who I actually like? I like the kid from Ole Miss. What's wrong with him? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me check him out. So I started watching some tape on the guy. And then, and I don't know if you know this, I was roommates with Lane Kiffin at Fresno State. I think we've talked about this before. Oh, and right. You guys are the same to, sort of guy. No wonder you guys get. No, don't you start with me <laughs> on that. So I, I decided. I said, you know what? Let me see what Lane feels about old Matt. Wow. And he said, he believes that Matt is, is the most talented quarterback that he's ever coached. So, anyway, there's that. So you never know. But I think let's just see what I mean. Let, let Matt Canada get a guy that can move around a little bit. You know, make some RPOs. Do some. Well, do some you quick, know. 
you know, I, I do want to talk about the stuff. big name quarterbacks, but I can't help it. We're talking about is Trubisky salvageable? I keep pointing at Alex Smith. I'm not talking about Jim Plunkett rejuvenating his career yes. with the Raiders forever ago. I'm talking like Alex Smith was a was obviously a high pedigree guy who things got sideways. He started to play well in San Francisco when Harbaugh got there, and then he had a nice second half of his, of his career till the injury. Uh, yep. Like, isn't that somebody you can point at and say, see, I mean, I, I'm a pedigree so like, snob like you. I like the guy. I mean, like he's yeah. obviously a gifted athlete, right? Yeah. Well, so I, I think with Trubisky, like when you look at it, it's a win-win for the Steelers, because if you, if you sign him and he has a resurgence, unbelievable, great, you know? And if he doesn't, you're probably going to draft a kid anyway. Sure. So you buy a year of, of, of Mitchell trying to figure it out. But I, I think, okay, when you talk about Trubisky, I have to say, let's just look at the road that he's been on. Okay. Let's, so let's say, so he goes to Chicago and Nagy is what he is. Like we all kind of know at this point that his offense was hard to watch. I had, I personally had some beef with what they asked Trubisky and what they asked other guys to do in that system. It was hard to watch. There were no answers. You didn't have answers to the test. You have to have the ability to have an answer for what I'm seeing on defense. If you just let me continually get hit in the side of the head and it's your fault, like, I'm not going to trust you anymore. I'm going to start doing things that are probably uncharacteristic of a top draft pick. So then he leaves and he goes to Buffalo. And, oh, Ryan Dayball is in Buffalo. He plays a little bit there and he looks like an all pro. Like, he looks like a guy that can play a little bit of football. So it's like, well, okay, I'm the Steelers. Let's go see if this guy can run a little bit of what we've been talking about with Matt Canada. Let's just see what happens. He was a top draft pick. I bet Mitch plays really well. I bet he plays, I... I bet he plays well enough. I bet he plays well enough with that defense and those playmakers that you don't even get to see what first round pick you have until maybe the middle of the year. If that, that's what I think. He would be, he's one of those guys that we've talked about who lacks that weird intuition of like when to get down. He does, he, he, you know, split second thing and he get, he got lit up some in Chicago and he's a big rugged runner. He's like Cam Newton. Josh Allen has that. He, Josh Allen had that a little bit too, though, but he's just bigger to, he can kind of survive it. But right. a lot of guys have that when they're young. I remember, I remember not knowing how to slide when I was younger and I got rocked in Tennessee. Like I got hit so hard. My knee went into the turf and there was like a crater, like a literal crater of where my, I was, I was like halfway sliding, halfway not. And Javon curse hit me, like chased me down. And I was like, what just happened? I did not expect the gap to close that fast. So that, Right. That's a very real thing that young quarterbacks go through. So he'll get better at that. But I, I, I mean, I, I do. I, the thing that he possesses is, is the ability to run, and he's a big physical runner. And and you know, yeah. one thing I know above all else, that we we agree on, run some of that boot action, roll them out there. That. That's where he can thrive, oh, right? Man. Especially with Najee. Let, let, let yes. Najee have thirty carries a game. Play great defense. You know, next, get Mitch on the on the perimeter. I love that. When I mention that, the next guy who I think's career is more than salvageable, Baker Mayfield. I feel yeah. like, I mean, obviously, you know, maybe you find him obnoxious and hard not to for certain things he's done. Yeah. But I like a little personality and whatever. And I thought he was, I like this swagger in Cleveland. They needed that. I, you know. I did too. The, 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 like, the kind of quintessential moment where it was over for him was, where the magic kind of was gone from this little mini era was when against the Steelers, they were playing terribly in Cleveland and they had to have it. Baker was gutting it out with the bum shoulder and he got belted yep. out of bounds in the, a fourth quarter drive. They're moving down the field to either take the lead or at least tie the game. 
and it looked like it was going to happen. He got and he got uh, jacked up by somebody and he got knocked way out of bounds and he ran back onto the field. Nobody knew if he was angry and he made a big first down move like that because he just <laughs> run for it. And then they turned the ball over two plays later. I thought like, yep. but I was like, I'd love that. If, that, if I were my guy, I'd be like, yeah, we're, it's new era Steelers. You're not bullying us anymore. But then he threw the interception. Right. But I think he's, that, I really problem, do right? think people are crazy. I think in a little bit that like Derek, does Derek call him? Like he should, I feel like if he likes him at all. Baker? And says like, yeah, hey, I mean, hey, Baker. would do that. Yeah. Like, this is crazy that people have declared you a bum. Like, what? You went into Pittsburgh, yeah. beat them, had uh, KC beat, and then should have won in week one, and then you got hurt in week two, and then everything went downhill for I feel bad for him, for, for real. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you, because I think that a lot of times, guys, they play – so, like, Baker this year, he played hurt. He was definitely hurt this year. We don't know how much, um, how much it affected how he played. I know any little thing is going to affect you from a quarterback standpoint. It's going to affect first-year accuracy. And then second, your confidence. And so that, and those two things you have to have above everything. And Baker has more confidence than, than a lot of guys I've met that played this position. So, you know, when I, when I watch what he ha- what he went through this last year, and then I see, okay, the Browns are done with it. I'm like, let's not be so quick to just eschew what this guy has done and kind of brush it to the side. When's the last time you guys were in the playoffs? I mean, it's been a, it's been a hot minute and he, he rallied you guys to get there and played pretty good. So I don't know. I think, I think that he's – it's interesting with him because now all the quarterback spots are kind of taken, you know? Like around the league, it's like there are probably – there are probably – like I'm going to use a Kurt Warner reference here, but he's probably better than half the league. Like Baker, honestly, but, but a lot of those spots are already taken. Like I think that if it was a fair fight and you said, hey, Washington, would you rather have Baker or Carson? I think that they would say Baker, but I think that they've already made their decision. So it's like – there's a couple places like that around the league that I think Baker's kind of getting, he's kind of getting the short end of the stick with how that all went down. You know, and I, I can see why he's upset. If Jameis, if Jameis didn't wind up in new Orleans, I feel like I, this is not hyperbole. Yeah. I think if you drop Baker Mayfield onto that saints team, they would have gone to the playoffs in a, in a, a slight NFC 2022. I, I think they would have been good. Panthers, you hear those rumors are out there. Robbie Anderson yeah. announcing that he doesn't want Robbie. I don't know who so you strange. think you are. Players yeah, do that. That bothers me. That bothers me so much. Atlanta yeah. would have made some sense. Houston, if he yeah. wants to rejuvenate. I, you know, I, I, I feel like we're going to see Baker Mayfield take a team to the playoffs and people are going to be like, how did this happen? Like, because he was good. He was the first overall pick. He's not a. Because he's a good player. Yeah. He's a, he's a really good player. That just and he played well. Hurt. You guys just dogged on him because he's, he's I'm sorry he missed a couple of throws because his shoulders hanging off like what do you want me to do like I'm out here like that's the kind of player he is he's not a guy that's gonna I know a lot of players that would have just sat it down like week eight and said you know what I'm injured I'm out yeah and so I hope Case Keenum stinks and then that will show yeah. my value to the organization exactly when, when, that's when, not what Baker did Right. I, I, I really yeah. do credit him, and I feel like he's gotten a rough ride there. All right, I've held you up yeah. so long here. I went a couple more, though. Okay, so we're going into the okay. draft now. Okay. First overall pick. I've talked to a lot of guys who can tick off. Reggie Wayne can tick off every wide receiver, where they went, why that was a bad pick, and why he should have been the pick instead of the guy <laughs> who went in front of him. Maurice Jones-Drew yeah. tells the funniest sad story ever about dropping when he did the it's the Maurice five it's like the Brady six it's a but it's yeah. it's way funnier because it involves Maurice at some point um letting off steam and wrestling his own agent which I it gets very <laughs> and then at one point he weeps and then at one point he asks for 
a uh, he, he asks to fill out a McDonald's resume. It was a it's a wild ride. It's a wild emotional uh, ride. But pure Maurice. But Love you that. are the first overall, so you don't have any gripes out there. Give us some do's and don'ts here. Yeah, what what do you say? My counsel is to guys is always has always been when they call you. Don't answer it on the first ring. Then you seem desperate, and it sets the tone for the relationship. You know, like if Jerry calls you, yeah. let it at least get to a second ring. You know, it shows. Yeah, why like, do they yeah. do that? Guys are, but they don't do that though. Oh, no one ever does that. Oh, like, yeah, please, oh I love it. I love everybody, everybody, I love. Please shut up and not enjoy this moment with me. I'm going to talk to someone I've never met before, and thank you. Or like C.D. Lamb when he just kind of just. Eh, See a girlfriend yeah. or maybe don't grab my phone. There's a lot of, there's a, there was a guy last year that just kind of ignored his whole family and walked up on the stage and hugged. I'm like, you don't, you don't know them. These people here are the reason that you're there. That's all I would say is just breathe. So like there was a moment we're sitting backstage and I'm like, is I was already living in Houston, but I'm like, there was a brief second where right when they called with the first pick, I'm like, did they trade me? Is are they going to say Julius Peppers? Are they going to say Mike? Who, like I don't know. I don't know. They could say whatever they want. There was there's a brief second there where I was like, okay, this could go sideways in front of a lot of people, and it didn't. So, but the one thing that I'm happy that I did <laughs> is I in the best. You already have <laughs> a house in Houston. <laughs> I'm already living there. What do I do? You know, I didn't have any money, but the bank was like, no, I see the potential. You called Julius Peppers. You, you called Julius Peppers to say, hey, I have a place you can, uh, you can live in. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's right down the street from the stadium. You're going to love it. It's fantastic. Uh, so I think just take a moment and make sure you uh, just acknowledge the people that are there with you. I know that there's a crazy time and you've achieved something that you've never, you've dreamed about your whole life and you're anxious to get up there and hug Goodell and do whatever you're going to do. But just make sure you hug your mom or your dad. You tell them that you're thankful for everything that they did to get you to this point. Cause you know what, without them, you wouldn't be there. Like without the people that are in that room, I'm sorry, but you would have, you would have crapped out a long time ago. So just make sure you're a little bit, just take a second. It doesn't take a lot. Oh, it it's so much. true. See, I, I, that's exactly yeah. right. I hope uh, all the upcoming draftees are listening to this, which I assume most I of so. them are right now. Um, that's right. I would. Okay. And last thing of all, what do you think? Because you've, you've done some good speculating here. Well, two things. I was going to say Tom yeah. Brady, but I also want to get your thoughts on Kyler since you we started there way back mm -hmm. when. With yeah. Tom Brady, the news is now Jason Light says we have not – He and me and Tom haven't talked about the Miami Dolphins thing. We, 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 I'm not going to talk. We're, we're all mm -hmm. about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you think that distractions are a thing in the locker room, how is this not a gargantuan thing that like – how does this <laughs> – we're just – Going straight ahead is the Buccaneers. Like, but you wanted to go you know, play in Miami, man. Like, how does that not like, isn't that a microphone question for every player? Like, do you think he'd rather be with the Dolphins right now? Right? Do you think that's like, you know what Jason Light's going through? He's going through every scenario that we all had when we were in high school. And our girlfriend was possibly doing something that we did not approve of. And you just didn't want to talk about it. You didn't want to ask her because you were afraid of the answer. <laughs> and that is what Jason Light is going. Because if he goes and he goes, because what's Tom going to say? Because Tom can say this. J Jason comes up to Tom Brady and he says, so what about that Dolphins thing? Is that a real thing? And Tom goes, yeah, yeah, that was real. And then just deadpan <laughs> stares dead at him. What's Jason going to do? What's this? What's this move? 
That's the perfect analogy. Who's the guy I from One Direction, Jason. the handsome devil, who now sings about watermelon, <laughs> this and that? What is that? that he's, yeah, what's yeah. his name? I, I just heard that song, actually. Yeah. I was, uh, was on, yeah, it was on the car. Who am I talking about? You know the guy, the breakout star uh, from I One do. Direction, that handsome Harry devil. Styles. Harry there Styles. Harry Styles. Yeah. Harry, like, do, if I... I, I'm not going to ask my wife if she thinks Harry Styles is more attractive than me because I'm not going to like the answer. And it's just going to be uncomfortable. Right. Why you, would you ask? Why would you ever bring up Brad Pitt in your house as a male? Like as a human being, a married man, would you ever bring up Brad Pitt's name? Just don't bring it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not going to like the answer. Jason Light. <laughs> don't ask him. That whole thing is super weird. And what's the weirdest part of all is that Tom Brady somehow always comes out smelling like a rose. Like if most people did, they should be like, ah, he's cut. We're not, we're not going to put up with that. This disrespect, like (laughs) play for the Buccaneers though. Like it's crazy. But anyway, you're going to be there in August. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, exactly. Kyler Murray may not be there and I'm all for players getting their money. Uh, almost yeah. always under every circumstance, but it's weird because it's not like Cliff Kingsbury did Kyler a favor by drafting him. It wasn't charity work. Right. He thought that Kyler was going to be a, yeah. a dominant quarterback. Kyler doesn't owe him per se, but the notion that the cards are somehow not giving him the proper respect at this point. I mean, there's there. I get there's a system. There's a system in, but you can't. This is nonsense. What he's doing, right? I mean, this is loco. It's, not, it's what he's nonsense. Yeah, like, like it's it's really it's like it for for me. That's exactly what it is because man, this is this is everything that you've wanted. Like, I can't even imagine, especially with the type of system that they run. If I ran that and had the success I had in college, high school and college, same system. He's run it for eight years up to the first time he showed up in the NFL, and then they just said, "Hey, guess what? We're going to take." the best coach that does this in college and we're just going to put him right in there for you. And you're going to run the same system in Arizona. And we're going to go get one of the best wide receivers in the league. And we're going to get like four or five other guys that just absolutely burn. And we're just going to let you rip it around the yard. And use it. I mean, that is like the dream scenario. And so for, for Kyler to kind of be on this up and down, I mean, at times he looks like an MVP at other times. It looks like a guy that you don't want in because let's, let's not forget Cole McCoy has gone in and played pretty good football sure. on that team. So that's what I always like to see is I like to see what happens when the other guy goes in. They play pretty good. You know, they, they're pretty efficient. They, they move the ball down the field. They win games. Um, and then and then Kyler wants to, wants to do this. I, like I said, and like you said, I'm happy with every player getting paid as much money as they possibly can make. I'm all for that. But when, when you kind of go about it the way that he's going about it, he's asking no doubt for top five quarterback money right now. Does he deserve that? Absolutely not. No way. Because he's got some growing up to do. I mean, he, he really does. Like, I, I don't want to say that he's not to the point where he can go win Super Bowls, but there are some things that happen on the sidelines that you see and then also things that you hear, and you're like, that's not how you do it. That's We talked about Tom Brady. There's a certain way that Brady and Manning and all these guys go about their business is the reason they're successful and that they win Super Bowls. When you're not doing those things and you're almost like you're, you're negatively impacting your team, that's not it. You can't negatively impact the team and then ask for top five at your position in the entire league. That That's not – something's missing there. And that's why you're going to say in August, uh, is he going to come to camp? That's I think that's where it's going to go. What honestly. is this? This will be year four for him, right? Is it already? Year I, think, already I think four, yeah. Year three, yeah. I, I mean – Well, they've always a, fallen off. Yeah. Yeah, they've it, fallen off every year. They start hot and they, they just kind of – and there's a lot of reasons for and that. If I mean, Kingsbury, and if Kingsbury, boy, that's a really weird situation because if they're not, 
if they're not a real contender this year and they were undefeated into what they were like 10 and 0 or something 11 late, and 0 yeah, whatever late. they were yeah. if they're not a real contender and, and playing well in January this year like Kingsbury may be it for him and then is the next guy gonna even really want kyler i guess that's why right maybe that does make some sense i'm talking myself into it from kyler's side it's like i bet you this guy's gonna get fired next year and then where am i gonna be they're not gonna pay me here in arizona so i better get paid now while they're getting still good maybe that's the logic yeah well and can you even think of another scenario in the league i can, i don't think i can where the quarterback or and the play caller and the system are so so tied right, together. right like I, I i really can't you know and it's like how, so how does that whole thing work? Maybe you're onto something there with like Kyler saying, well, I better get paid now because Cliff's probably going to get fired. And Because it's not transferable. Like Kyler Murray, you don't <laughs> yeah, just drop exactly. in on the Bears and he's going to dominate, right? So that's Yeah, no, uh, no, no. Interesting. All yeah, right, listen, what a, what a conversation, Carr. What a great conversation. Fun, I really Always enjoyed it. it. I, so much, I did want to ask you about Easter. Why do... Yeah. Cause I'm a Jew and I, you know, I like we, yeah. we the Passover, the Passover chocolates are not good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to kid you. Our yeah. food, yeah, not great, but yeah. Easter chocolates stink. Why are they so bad? Pe- By the way, peeps aren't good either. People go, no, they, people they, go about crack candy peep? corns being terrible. They're fine. They're not good, but they're not terrible. Peeps are gross. Like they're like, candy corn is better than everything that I saw put on the table the other day. There was a peep cake. Like there, it was peeps all around it. And then there was a, there was cake. And I think, I don't want to say mama car made it, but she might have brought that. Well, if she did, then it's okay. But thing. But I don't know. I'm I, before I completely bash it. It just I don't like them. They don't taste good to me. Well, but it's the milk I chocolate. They, little eggs don't taste good for so they they're like the worst chocolate. Okay, so true test. Yeah, so like true test is like give it to a four year old and see what they think. So they go Easter egg hunting. They pull out and then my my little daughter like those little tiny exactly what mm-hmm. we're talking about are in there. I hand her a, an egg. She takes a bite, spits it on the grass, runs away. I'm like, there it is. That it's not good. I'm with you. Halloween, they, they set the bar too high only a couple months ago, and now it's all the leftovers. It's all the remnants of the in the chocolate factories. They're like, let's make some eggs with oh, some hard coating on it. Everybody thinks they're so that's, everybody's so cool. Oh, I hate candy corn. Oh, Thanksgiving is over because turkey isn't good. I oh, love now, candy corn. I'll say it. And I'm now not, people are down on ham. If you know, I'm I'm not a I, I like swine. Ham is not my favorite of what the swine can produce. But as I advise everybody, and I'll right. say it to you. Even if you don't enjoy the ham at the Easter dinner, slice some of those right. off, drop them into a hot uh-huh. pan the next day, crack a couple oh, really? of eggs next to it. Oh, Terrific. interesting. Terrific. I've not done that. You have you, all the smells. The smells will, will, will fill your heart with song and, and, and cholesterol. Oh, I'm going to have to do that. I have a little bit of ham left in the refrigerator. I might try that. I want you to tonight. do it and get back to me with the results. I will. And you're done. Okay. I'll and let I you think know. that'll be that'll yeah, be the way to do it. And tell Derek. She'll I enjoy that more than she I will for sure. Oh thanks, man. It's good one, to see you. I, it's great to see you. The yeah. a last question I have. I'm sorry. Are you into That's cars? Okay. Do I like cars? Yeah. Oh my goodness. You do? What's my last name? Well, oh, I was, yeah. I'm gonna say it's weird if you don't. So you're into fast like no. Lambos oh, yeah. and whatever, Ferraris and whatever yeah, kind abs- of thing. Yeah, I love that stuff. The whole family? Derek bought me a Ferrari. What? Derek yeah, Carr bought you a Ferrari. He did. That's a show I, I, I drive trucks. I just, I drive trucks. I love, I love cars. I love to race. I grew up racing go-karts and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, he, he bought me one just because he was like, you need a, a Ferrari. I feel like you need a Ferrari. I'm like, well, thanks, man. 
appreciate that. Thanks. Did You're anybody in the family not get a car? I that would be weird. Now no, it's like a weird thing did. if you're the only one getting a car. Did. No, I think they did at different times. It wasn't all the same time. He just was really upset that he has all these things, and he was like, "I feel like I feel like you need one." I'm like, "I don't really need one, but thanks, man. You're the best." It was a great gift. I mean, it's wow, what color? Are amazing. It's red, of course. It has to be red. I guess so. Yeah, yeah red. Wow, yeah. interesting. I mean, little little show off. But you know what I did? Little show. You know what I? You know what I did? No, you know what I did? Because here's what happened. So I drove it for a little while, and it was just me because no one would drive with me. I'm like, I'm I'm acting like an idiot. I'm just I'm doing things I shouldn't do in the car. Mm. I'm gonna get arrested. It's gonna be bad. So I said, Hey, Derek, you know what? Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sell this car and I'm gonna build a lazy river in the backyard with the money. Is that cool? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, absolutely. So now people flock to the house and we just swim around this lazy river and it's Derek's river. There's like a little plate. <laughs> I got his name on it. <laughs> it's the best. This is a true story. You sold the Ferrari and, and made a lazy yeah. river out of it. And made a lazy river out of it. An incredible lazy river. I mean, Ferraris are not cheap, as you know. So I was like, I'm going to use every penny, Derek, on this river. And we're going to name it after you. I mean, I got to I got to see this estate. I can't believe it. What goes on over there? You have you a lazy river in your backyard? It's Bakersfield. The, I mean, it's like we, we govern ourselves out here. It's like we're in the we can do whatever we want. It you're doesn't like, matter. You're like Brad Wesley no in, in Roadhouse, the bad guy. They're like, somebody should tell the cops <laughs> the about what they're drunk. doing. Like he owns the cops. Like he doesn't. That's right. <laughs> the the head of police is my brother-in-law. That's my wife's brother. Like we can do whatever we want. Literally. So. Hey, Eddie Spaghetti, we might have to move out to Bakersfield sooner rather move than later. Move out to Bakersfield. Be above the law be for fine. once. That'd be nice. All right. You're the best, David Carr. What a great time this was to, to catch up with you. Muzzle tough to the entire car, car family. Thanks, brother. Send a note over to uh, Mama Carr, uh, our muzzle tubs on, uh, on the big news there. And uh, hope to see you sooner rather than later, pal. All right, brother. There he goes, David Carr, everybody. You see why now. He's a multiple Shecky Award winner and now the recipient of a lifetime Shecky Award. In fact, the only one to receive a lifetime award, which is kind of rude to my mother. I should have given her one first. But anyway, <laughs> there he goes, David Carr. Boy, good times with David Carr, huh, Spaghetti? I feel like uh, hanging out with David up in Bakersfield. With uh, He's recording from that, that like gaming studio he has. Uh, Lazy River, you know, basically runs Bakersfield. I'll see you on the river, right? I'll be out there. It's uh, having a catch in him would be the well, it'd be the second time for me, but it would be uh, just a great day to hang out. Like, well, you can't you can't beat him. He's one of the best guys around. Boy, a lot of lot of interesting stuff there with him as always. Um, all right, let's wrap it up here then, Eddie Spaghetti, with uh, with a couple best bets. Uh, anything on your mind here as we record on this Tuesday afternoon? About what eight day nine days away from uh, from the draft going down for. First pick odds, Aiden Hutchinson, minus 170. A lot of Traven Walker talk at plus 175. I don't think that's going to end up happening. Um, I think Hutchinson's the pick there. We'll see. Um, anything else you want to weigh in on, though, NBA playoffs-wise? Uh, you know, the few things that have been on my mind, uh, number one, well, you know, talking about inching closer to the playoffs is with the NHL, not even just for my Rangers, but for all these teams that are basically clinched already. It's just like you have – X amount of games left. Just stay healthy. I want to see all these guys healthy. I know Austin Matthews missing a game. Uh, you know, it's probably just due to rest and stuff. But like, I just want all these superstars to be healthy so that you could you could bet these uh, these series in a fair manner. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and we are inching closer to the draft day. And I, and I know I there was some weird comments that Ben McAdoo made about the the quarterback situation of the Panthers. And he's like, Sam Donald's our guy. 
And then a few minutes later, he's like, I, I didn't know why I said that. I, I shouldn't have said that. He So like that leads me to believe the Panthers are going to be clearly uh, honing in on a quarterback. Uh, if you want to bet that on FanDuel.com slash minus three, I think right now, last I checked, uh, the team to draft Malik Willis, the Panthers are plus 350. Uh, the, the Panthers are plus 150 to draft Kenny Pickett. Part of me still thinks, you know, I know that uh, the, the, everyone likes putting the Aiden Hutchinson to the, to the the Detroit Lions, obviously the Michigan kids staying there. But I, you know, there's it's nice, right? It's a nice story. Uh, yeah, but, you know, the one way to really prolong the, the, the career, the coaching career of Dan Campbell in Detroit, it, it doesn't seem like Jared Goff's the guy. No one gets excited over Jared Goff, and I feel bad for Jared Goff because, I, I, you know, he was very close to winning a Super Bowl with the Rams. If you draft a quarterback here, number two, then at least you have that in your back pocket as like, well, this is a rebuilding year. We're still adding pieces. We're going to let whoever, you know, quarterback X learn, whoever that is. And then next year, obviously, uh, it's go time. And that'll extend his, you know, head coaching candidacy at least for another year. So I still think at two, uh, they're still in play, the Lions, to take a guy. And it seems like Malik Willis should be the first one to go off the board. So if you want to bet on that, uh, I do like that. I still think it's we're going to see some shocks. And I have seen some draft people. Uh, Matt Miller comes to mind who's been doing this for a living for quite some time. And he's like, this is by far the hardest year that he's ever had to mock because of the, a lot of unknowns, a lot of the smoke screens. Uh, people aren't really in love with the quarterback or the skill position people outside of the receivers. Uh, a lot of linemen, uh, offensive and defensive. So I think this is a, a strange year. And we always see quarterbacks go. And there's a little buzz, you know, as the draft day gets sooner. That team needs a quarterback, and I still think the Lions are going to be in a mix for one. So if you want to follow what I'm saying, I would say go after that, and I think Malik Willis is their guy. I, you know what? I agree with you about that, but they do have the last pick in the first round, so they could pick up one of those other guys who's almost certainly going to be there. I'm not saying they're all the same guy, but there will be a quarterback who's been projected in a lot of these mocks to be a first-round guy that are going to – like Hal's going to be there, I think. Ritter or Corral could be there, I think. But, yeah, I, I still think it's all smokescreen. I think Malik Willis is going to go second overall. So you and I park our cars in the same garage there. Looking at the NBA very quickly, I think the Nets really need to get this one. I don't think with Robert Williams' return nigh to the Celts, I know that they then go to Brooklyn after this one on Wednesday night, but I think the Nets really need to take a game here to get back in this series. I, I feel like... It's going to be diminishing returns as this series goes along. I think the Celts can beat them up up front, um, but the Nets need to, um, so they need to uh, um, try and not let this thing, I know everybody's talking about this thing going seven. I think the Nets need to, you know, ride the skill of the two of the top 25 scorers of all time. And hopefully Ben Simmons comes back and contribute to that and, and hopefully take away or slow down Jason Tatum some. All that leads me to, Nets plus three and a half in Boston Garden or whatever they call that place. Um, and the Sixers seem to have the Raptors number. I get it. But the Raptors are going to be scratching and clawing up in the Great White North. Plus one and a half. I got a hunch. I'm going to take the Raptors in that one. Any basketball picks you want to float out here? Spencer? I'm going to piggyback on you with the with the Nets pick there. Uh, just basically because I feel like a lot of this series, it, it, with all the commotion with the the Kyrie, the middle finger, and the the weird post uh, press conference thing, if they lose this game, they're down two games to, to zero versus Celtics. Uh, even though people think they are part of the more talented team, they're not playing better. I don't see them coming back from that. I think this is almost a must win game. Uh, for the Nets to get, obviously, 
Right, because the Celts then, if the if the Celts are up 2-0, then they go to Brooklyn, then their mindset is, if we just take one of these games, the series yeah, over, it. because we will physically, the attrition on the Nets front line that can't keep up with ours is is going to win out the deeper this series goes. So, yeah, right. Yeah, and it just, you feel a lot better. I mean, uh, at the time this recording, we're still unsure if Ben Simmons or when he's coming back, but uh, if they do win this one, take one in Boston, and then now, obviously, with the two straight games uh, back in, in Brooklyn, and you could take the lead and then you, you have Simmons come back and be the lockdown defender and who knows maybe he'll even help at least in the, the assist category because we know he's not going to shoot the ball that'll be a big plus uh, for the Nets and then that'll be that, that's as close to the team obviously getting past the Celtics who are a, a big out tough out then you start to feel better about the Nets as a whole with Simmons back beating a tough team and then maybe now people that had money on them way back um, to win the whole thing. Now you're going to feel a lot better about that. So I think, you know, a lot of these matches right now, it seems like the favorite's going to win. Uh, I'd be shocked if it, it would change, but I think this is the one series that this game too is is pretty massive. And uh, the dubs are a lot of fun all of a sudden with their new death line up there. Giving to in Denver on Thursday night, I'll take, uh, I'll take Steph Curry and company, or is it Jordan Poole's team? Uh, some debate about who's the number one there at this point. Either way, it's working out so far. So... All right. So much, uh, so much fun there with uh, David Carr. We appreciate you spreading the good word about the show. I think this is a great place for any newcomer who hasn't checked it out to jump in, help spread the good word of Minus 3 and the Extra Points Network. We appreciate you doing that. And we'll be back in just a couple of days with our pal Kevin Hench to go deeper on all things sports, including, most importantly, the game of life. Until then, for David Carr and Eddie Spaghetti, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.